I thought tonight, in keeping with talking about things that we need to hear, that are um, basic things, but things that we uh, that we need to remind ourselves of, I thought we'd talk about gossip. And um, gossip is not something that um, that I've really wanted to deal with very much because, it, in a lot of ways, it's hard to define. You know what I'm saying? Because in all of our walks of life, whether we're at work, whether you know, we're, we're with friends, whether we're in social, you know, situations or whatever, we talk about things that are going on in our lives. And, you know, and it's a really difficult thing to kind of draw the line and say, well, this is gossip, but this is not, you know what I'm saying? I mean, <clears throat> that's why for me, I think it's really difficult. It's a, in a lot of ways, it's like lust. I mean, really, what is lust? Now, you know, a lot of times when you're there, you know what I'm saying, when you've really gone that far and you're way into it, you're like, okay, this is definitely less. Well, it's same thing with gossip. You know, sometimes when you've gone deep into it, you're like, this is gossip. But, you know, a lot of times it doesn't start out that way. A lot of times, you know, it just kind of slides into it and stuff. And uh, <clears throat> so it's it's kind of a difficult thing. But I think that it is, again, one of those things that every one of us has issues with. And every one of us needs to deal with more as a church, as the body of Christ. We need to learn how to deal with gossip because how much pain has been caused through gossip? How much pain has been caused through, you know, well, sister so-and-so said this about you or, you know, so. And, and a lot of times, again, those things may have been said and they weren't meant to be malicious. But you know how sometimes the way things come across, they, they you know, they become malicious or whatever and stuff. And so, uh, again, that's why it's a difficult thing. It, it's really hard to, it's kind of like a fish, trying to grab a fish with your hands, you know. It's really kind of difficult to do sometimes and stuff. And anyway, so I looked in the dictionary, and the definition of gossip is idle talk of or rumor, especially about the personal affairs of others. And so, again, uh, you know, uh, and uh, obviously there is a lot of that. <laughs> obviously there is a lot of... Um, talking about people's lives that you have no business talking about. You know what I'm saying? Or, or you know, or, or even listening to gossip and stuff like that and stuff. And and so the thing is, is why do we gossip about people, you know? Uh, and, and the thing is, is so many times we'll be in a situation where somebody's gossiping and, and you, like, you're like, you'll point it out and they're like, no, I wasn't gossiping. I was just, you know, trying to help them or try, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Cindy. And, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Me and Cindy had a joke going. Here we go. Now it's starting. But, and again, it's something that we all do. And that's the thing, because again, it's so hard to nail down. And it's like, we never think that we're gossiping when we're gossiping. You know what I'm saying? And, and obviously, this is not meant to bring condemnation on anybody or to make anyone think they're gossiping when they're not either. You know what I'm saying? So we want to avoid that as well. Um, in Proverbs 18:21 we don't have to turn there but we all know the scripture says death and life are in the power of the tongue. And you know in in James chapter 3 it talks all about the tongue and how like even that small rudder can is like the small it's a, like a rudder on a ship and how compared to the rest of the ship it's just really really small but that really small thing can affect the whole ship and and things and and again uh because of our our tongues, the body of Christ has been affected in many ways and and has been hurt by a lot of people. I mean, 
Um, you know, we, we've told you guys before about like the, a church that we used to go to and it was all about gossip and stuff. And like the preacher from the platform would talk about certain people and stuff and expose them in front of everybody and stuff. And so everybody knew each other's business and it, it was, uh, it was like an unhealthy kind of, you know, uh, incestuous type thing. And even you know the friendships that were in the yeah. church, the, you would think your friend was coming over to have coffee, but your friend was actually there to kind of spy things out and right. then report to somebody. And it's like you, know? you, you would have conversations and, and the next thing you know, the pastor's talking about your what your, your conversation was, was about the from the pulpit and stuff. And, yeah. and, you know, and so, uh, again, and a lot of it is your heart attitude. Yeah. And I think that really that that's what a lot of gossip comes down to. And because, again, you can be talking about something or somebody or in their situations and you truly care and you truly want to help them and stuff or there are other times when when you know you talk about stuff and and your heart is maybe not exactly right and stuff you know what i'm saying and and so my point being is that whatever we say we need to go we, we need to put a guard over our lips we need to make sure that what we're saying needs to be said what we're saying, the way that it's being said is being said properly and all those kinds of things, right? Um, and, and the thing is, is, is like when you're saying something and you're talking about some, someone, and again, you know, how many times have we been engaged in a conversation and someone walked up and you were like, you feel bad because, you know, you got caught saying something bad about that person, Right. Um, maybe y'all haven't, but I've definitely been caught in that kind of situation. And that's the thing too. It's like, well, you know, the thing that was cool about Jesus is that like, he would say some harsh things a lot of times to, to like the Pharisees and stuff like that. But everything that he said, he would say to your face, you know what I'm saying? There was no secret. There was not like, like, (laughs) you know, oh, here they come. Be quiet, you know, and stuff. Let's change the subject and stuff. Everything that he said about somebody, he would say that to that same person and things. And, And so, again, that's one of the separators of gossip, too. It's like, are you willing to say what you are saying to that person's face? And again, a lot of times what happens in the church is, we try, and not only in the church, also in public opinion, you know, and things like that, but we try and condemn people and, and they are condemned in our court and they've never even had a chance to defend themselves, right? And that's one of the things that America is built on is the, the, the ability to be able to defend yourself in court against your accusers. But in the church, a lot of times that doesn't happen because we're condemning them behind their backs and they have no idea. And we're talking to brother so-and-so about sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so and they have no idea. And so next time they get together with brother so-and-so, they're wondering, why is he acting so weird, right? And it's like, and this stuff is perpetuated and it goes on every day in the church and stuff. And God wants us to deal with that. God wants us to, to begin to, again, set a guard over our mouths and stuff. Um, it's just like Jesus said, every word that you say will be judged. And I mean, think about that because I say a lot of words, you know, and, and if you, if you think about some, I mean, there have been times like at the end of the day, when I was thinking about some of the words that I said, and I'm like, oh my God, that stuff is going to be replayed, right? When we stand before the Lord, every idle word that we say, we'll give an account for. 
And, and we say things so flippantly and we say things so easily and it's like, it's nothing to us and stuff. And like Jesus is saying, well, you know what? It's a big deal to me. And Jesus is hearing that. That's a, I mean, you think about the scriptures where he says, like, if you call your brother a fool, you're in danger of the fires of hell. And again, you know, Jesus would call the Pharisees some really harsh things and stuff. But so I think the point being is if you're using your tongue to say something that's not true or something that's, you know, harsh against somebody that doesn't deserve it, don't think that God's not going to protect them or that God's not going to defend them because Jesus will... Jesus defends his own, right? In the same way, when someone speaks ill against us, sometimes we get so upset and we get mad. You know what? God says, you know what? Leave them to me. That's why he says, don't take vengeance. Don't take, you know, for yourself because God is the one who sees and God will take vengeance. So, so it's not our place to, to take vengeance. But you think about, again, our society. We live in a gossip society. That's why so many gossip shows are so popular. Shows about movie stars. And, like, I, I, you know, I mean, I'm at work, and in the break room, we got the TV. It's always on and stuff. And I see these shows, and I'm like, who cares about these people's lives, right? But there's something in us that that we're, we're as, as human beings, we're almost like voyeurs, right? We like to stand outside the window and see what's going on in people's lives and stuff. And it is, it's a spirit, it's a, it's a spirit of voyeurism, right? We, we, we like to get in and it's like all this stuff about people, you know, this guy had an affair with this person and these people were caught together kissing and making out and stuff like that. And seriously, it's it's a voyeuristic spirit that we have to. It's like we're looking in someone's bedroom and stuff. And uh, that's and, the word I was thinking of when you said that about your church. Yeah. It's voyeuristic. It is. People get a high off of hearing right. that stuff. And the thing is, is it doesn't even have to be about sex. It's that spirit. It's that spirit that wants to know the juicy, intimate details about someone else's life. And it's really none of your business, right? And the thing is, is in Hebrews 13, 4, it says uh, marriage is to be held in honor among all and the marriage bed is to be undefiled for fornicators and adulterers. God will judge. And uh, we know that that's talking specifically about the marriage bed and things. But I think it also applies to this kind of situation, right, where we're looking into people's bedrooms and we're seeing who's sleeping with who and who's cheating on who and stuff. We are defiling the marriage bed. And now it's on them too because they're allowing their marriage bed to be defiled. And that's who it was written to in Hebrews. It's talking about you keep this guarded. This is something that's sacred. This is something that is to be protected. It is to be, you know, held in high esteem. It's not to be your dirty laundry is not to be spread out there and stuff. And, and you know, and the thing is, is again, we, have, we live in a society that loves dirty laundry, that loves to... to uh, to look in on that stuff and, it, and it's like you know it's like the woman that was caught in adultery in john 8 we don't you know we read that story and we we think that it's all just about this woman that's caught in adultery and stuff there is a bigger picture there the bigger picture there is what were you guys doing observing this situation right and i think that that's part of what jesus sat down and wrote in the dirt you know is is like because they think, well, this whole situation is about this woman that's caught in adultery and we're going to take her to Jesus and Jesus is going to judge her and he's going to judge her for her adultery. And Jesus turned it right around and said, 
You who are without sin cast the first stone. And I think that, again, Jesus was trying to point out that there's something wrong with your heart that wanted to catch this woman in adultery. Right? And it's that religious spirit. And that's what that's the heart of a lot of gossip. You know, it's like... Um, like well, well it I, makes us feel better about ourselves when we exactly. can find something wrong with somebody else yeah and it's like it <laughs> makes us it, it puts us higher on the rung and it puts them further down and stuff and it makes me feel like I'm something special and this person's just a sinner and stuff and that's a pharisaical spirit right and so when we get caught up in that we're caught up in the same spirit as the pharisees and that's why over and over in the new testament it says don't judge each other you know, if there's something that's sin, if there's something that needs to be corrected, correct it. But don't judge each other. And even after the correction is done, forgive each other and welcome that person back and stuff. And, you know, the, the, new te- the church that we have today is all backwards and stuff. Everything that we do is backwards. We're not doing what the Bible tells us to do and stuff. Um, turn to Proverbs chapter 18. Sometimes I think gossip in the church is just a way to not even deal with. We do need to reprove each other sometimes, and sometimes it's easier yeah. to just gossip about somebody and feel like you've done your job. Mm. You know, when, even though you don't see it as gossip, well, you did your job, you talked about it, or you prayed with someone over it, or whatever, but you really didn't go and do the hard thing, and that's confront the person that's and really say, good. You know, maybe God would have you search your heart about this sin you're living in. Instead, we want to talk about their sin when they're not around instead of doing the thing that's actually harder and more difficult and courageous and go to them and say, you know, are you dealing with this sin? Which basically means we're just cowards. Right. (laughs) We can't, we can't go, you know, we can't go to the source and confront the source. We got to go behind the back and we got to go to someone else and, hey, do you know what this guy's doing and stuff? And it's, yeah, it's cowardice and stuff. And In general, they should only be telling you if they want your advice. And you should be giving the advice. And if they haven't gone to the other person, that should be the first advice. Because they're first to go to the yeah. person. So. You mean if you're hearing it? Yeah, if you're hearing it, they should be giving your advice. I mean, there is a place, I think, for wise counsel. Right. For, um, but... Once you've given your advice, I mean, your advice pretty much needs to be go to the person that you have an issue with and deal with it. And if you yeah. can't by yourself, I'll help you. Mm-hmm. That's basically exactly what Jesus said. Like if you got if you come to the altar and you find you remember someone's got something against you, drop everything and go to them and make it right. And so it's kind of crazy that the priority that he put on it like that, like. Stop worshiping God and go deal with your brothers. Yeah. The, the, the strife you have between your brother is That's like, really I don't good. even want to receive your worship yeah. until you deal with the strife. Yeah, that's good. In Proverbs 18, verse 8, and we're going to look at a lot of Proverbs tonight. It's so wild. I think the Lord's just really had me in Proverbs a lot lately and and stuff. And, you know, Proverbs is is one of those things that is just good to come back to every once in a while and just just read through and stuff. Because, there, I mean, there's so, there's like so much wisdom in just one proverb, you know, and stuff. And it's like you read like if you read five proverbs like your mind's being blown on every single one of them and you're like wow it's just so amazing and in verse eight it says the words of a whisperer are like dainty morsels and they go down into the innermost parts of the body and again there there is in 
you know, and that's the thing. When we find ourselves attracted to that, when when we find ourselves, uh, you know, attracted to listening to gossip, we, we need to realize that there's something in me that needs to be dealt with. Because again, we all have things that we need to deal with. We all have things that God is dealing with. And gossip is one of those things that I think we all deal with, right? And so when we see this, we know, okay, here's, and that's the thing. So many of us, we want the Lord to come down and says, Dean, here's your problem. You know, here's your sins and the things that you need to deal with. And that's not generally how it happens. And, you know, if you read the scriptures and you see indicators in your life, you see, and the Holy Spirit will show you those indicators, right? He's like, okay, see, when you're reading that verse, you know what that's talking about. That's talking about this issue that you have and stuff. And so when you see that, those are indicators of where the Holy Spirit wants to dwell or wants to deal in your life. Um, another thing is gossip destroys friendships and the unity of the body of Christ. Again, just like we were talking about earlier, how many... Um, I mean, how many people have left the the body because they've been destroyed by other believers, right? Um, I mean, it, it, you you meet people all over the place. Yeah, I used to be a Christian, but I went to this church and, you know, and they treated me bad and they talked about me and, and stuff like that. And, and so now, you know, I don't follow God or anything, you know? And, and again, it's just like we've talked about, like the church is the only place that really buries its own wounded a lot of times and stuff. And instead of being there for each other, instead of lifting each other up, instead of saying when someone's weak, then I'll be strong. And when someone's strong, you know, the weak can depend on them. Um, we, we, all we care about is our own lives and all we care about is our, how do I look, right? Do I look like I'm spiritual? Do I look like I'm successful? Do I look like I'm following God? Right. And so, again, we use that and we judge others who may be less strong, who may be stumbling and stuff. And again, we're not talking about people that refuse to repent from sin or people that, you know, won't listen. We're talking about people that stumble, people that fall and people, people sometimes need a hand, right? I mean, I don't know about you guys, but there are times when I'm weak, you know, I mean, some, and it doesn't matter if you've been a Christian for 50 years, you're going to go through times that are dark. You're going to go through times when you need someone to help you, when you need a trusted friend that will be there for you and stuff. And again, that's what we're to be as a body of Christ. In Psalm 11, verse 13, I'm sorry, Proverbs 11. Verse 13, it says, He who goes about as a talebearer reveals secrets, but he who is trustworthy conceals the matter. And again, it's just like you were saying earlier, um, like we need counselors. And even the next verse, it says, when there is no guidance, the people fall, but in the abundance of counselors, there is victory. And so we need people that we can trust, that we can go to and say, you know what? I've been really struggling lately. Weak. Find somebody who's strong. Find someone that you can trust. And the thing is, is if, say, like we all know people who are gossips right we know people there are certain people that i cannot tell this person anything that i'm going through because if i tell this person pretty soon everybody's going to know about it right mm -hmm. and so again when when someone gossips it breaks that trust 
And if we're going to be the church that Jesus wants to be, we have to be a people that someone can come to with their issues, with their baggage, with their garbage, tell their stuff, and we don't look down on them, we don't judge them, and we don't tell everybody, right? I mean, the thing is, is you know, every single one of us, if we were to truly look at our lives, we have done some heinous things. I mean, not only before we got saved, but after we've gotten saved. So we should be full of compassion. And when someone tells us they're junk, I mean, we should be able to be where it doesn't matter what somebody tells us. We're not just going to go, oh, you know, and just, you know. Uh, we, sh- we shouldn't be shocked. We right. We shouldn't be shocked. And the thing is, because <laughs> Jesus is not shocked. Jesus sees it every day, right? And I, I'm not saying that that excuses it or makes it good or anything like that. But Jesus has mercy on sinners. And again, we have done some pretty shocking things and stuff, and yet God has forgiven us. God continues to forgive us. And that's the thing that blows my mind is that God continually forgives us. And we as believers should come to the point to where we can forgive each other. Um, and, and the thing is, is again, if, you know, if, if, like if someone gossips to you, at some point they're going to gossip about you. It's just like if someone cheats in their, on their marriage and, and they come up with a new bride and, and, and things and she thinks that that person's going to be faithful all of a sudden, it's not going to happen, right? Because, you know, it's not just going to happen just because it's you or whatever and, and stuff. In Proverbs 16, verse 28, it says, A perverse man sp- spreads strife and a slanderer separates innocent friends. Intimate friends, not innocent. Oh, did I say innocent? Yeah, you did. Oh, wow. A perverse man spreads strife and a slanderer separates intimate friends. Yeah, and again, how many times has, because of of one person gossip to another another person, all of a sudden the friendship feels weird and you're like, you don't even know what happened. You don't know why your friend is all of a sudden acting weird and you ask your friend, well, what's wrong? And your friend's like, oh, nothing. Right? (laughs) <laughs> and that's the thing. We as believers, we have to learn to to be honest with each other, to be real with each other, and to stop putting on the religious mask and stop trying to pretend to be something that we're not. Because we're not. Any of us. We, we're all flesh, and we're all um, sinners saved by grace, right? I mean, God has delivered us, and He set us free, and, and things like that. But again, we we still stumble. We still fall. And stuff. There's um, been a few, unfortunately, rare times, but there have been a few occasions. One recently where someone came to me and said, I heard this negative thing about you, and I just wanted to hear your side of the story. And that's really appreciated, you know, when we can do that for each other, when we don't just take the negativity that someone says. You know, yeah. oh, oh, Amy did such and such or whatever, but comes to Amy and says, did you do such and such? Why did you do such and such? What was your motivation for doing such and such? And and actually comes to you and says, hey, I want to hear your side of the story. Yeah. And so, because a lot of times we just, we listen to something someone says and we don't, we don't go to the other person and say, I heard this. Right. And then it sticks in our head and then it never leaves, unfortunately. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is like, like when I can't remember whose birthday it is, but we went to 
like Megan's house and they did that game where you whisper a phrase into someone's ear and it passes yes. around the room. Yeah. It gets to the end of the person and it's completely unrelated. I actually meant to do that, but it's completely unrelated to what it started out as. And that's exactly what gossip does because, you know, I, I remember when, remember when they had cassettes and how you could record on a cassette? But every time you would record something on a cassette, every time it would get weaker and weaker. You know what I'm saying? And so, so like if you made 20 copies of something, the 20th one's not going to sound much like the original at all. It's going to be all twisted and warped and stuff. And that's what gossip does because we're human, right? And as human filters, we don't filter everything the way that it ought to be filtered a lot of times. And so when, it, and that's the thing, it's like, you can tell somebody something, but it is going to go through their filter and their filter may be, have biases. Their filter may have some sort of prejudice. I'm, I don't mean racially speaking, but it may be racially speaking too. They may have some kind of prejudice. They may have some, you know, some kind of preconceived notion or what you don't know. Right. And so it's going through that filter and how it comes out of that filter is anyone's guess. Right. Um, and and the thing is, is once it, it, the thing is, is not only is the speaker responsible, but the hearer is responsible. Also, when somebody says something to you, you are not responsible for what they say so much. But now the ball is in your court and you are completely responsible in how you deal with that information. Right? One of the hardest things for me to obey in scripture is not listening to gossip. Yeah. Like I can be fairly disciplined about not gossiping, but when I'm hearing it, it's very, very difficult for me yeah. to to have the courage to say could you please not continue? Yeah. <laughs> it's very hard because you feel bad, like they're, you know, confiding in you or whatever, and then you, you don't want to tell them to please be quiet, but right. you, you know you should. Well, um, and the and thing then plus, is, like you said, it intrigues to our own human nature yeah. that we like to hear gossip. It's just part of our sin nature. Yeah. So I think that's the hardest scripture to obey, where it says that even listening to gossip is a sin. Yeah. So that one's that one's tough. Oh wow, yeah, because I had a situation recently, and I'm not gonna name names, okay, but like where I was with a group of people, and somebody was saying something, and it took me a minute to realize it was gossip because I didn't understand what they were talking about initially, and then it was, and then I was like oh, how do I deal with this? You know, I was like, do I say something? Does that shame them in front of all these people? Or so then I kind of just looked down and like tried to give empathetic responses, but kind of looked down. Yeah, it's it's tough. I had a friend that used to like get on, wouldn't even say anything. It was George Hudgens. And he would call the person that was being talked about and go like, wouldn't even tell anybody. He's calling them and go, hey, brother, we're talking about you right now. I thought you might want to hear it. We're saying it. Wow. <laughs> it was awesome. It was so, and he just had such an innocent heart about it. You know, oh, wow. it was just so awesome. Wow. And there's, there's, there, there have been work situations, not necessarily where I'm working now, but and stuff. But like there was this one job I worked where there were a bunch of supervisors and stuff. And it's like, all the supervisors will talk about each other when they when the other one was out of the room and stuff, and they were all you know, and that's the way it is. Everyone talks about each other, but the person comes in the room and that's like they're the best friend, you know. Oh, hey, buddy, how's it going way, yeah. and stuff, and and you know, and it's like it's so hypocritical and stuff, and, and it's like 
dude, I would just walk away. I would just do my work and just not pay any attention to it and stuff. And yeah, it's just, but it is really difficult when it's friends and, you know, yeah. and it's a personal, like a one-on-one so type on, of situation. So on a practical so. advice level, could we give some ideas of how you might could deal with that situation? Like one way that might be helpful might be to just start saying well what are the positive things about this person that you've seen that's good you know like maybe redirecting the negativity away to something positive about that person because sometimes that will silence the gossip um i mean you can try a a gentler approach like that before you you know just jump in and go man you guys are all gossiping and you need to stop you know like i mean that may need to that may need to happen i mean that may need to happen but maybe there's a a a gentler way to approach it (laughs) sometimes that splash of of water in the face though is kind of good yeah 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 yeah, that's true but you're really good at that rude like you really some people are more gifted at that when you splash water in the air it's with such finesse but like I just typically flub that so and, and the so. thing is is I, I've been in situations where someone's like talking trash about something and I'm like and then but sometimes you can find something like yeah but you know what the other day that person did something like this you know yeah, that was right. really That'll awesome usually shut it up and yeah. say something nice about yeah, that person right. and then yeah. realize you're yeah. not in their court and right. like oh I better be careful yeah right. and so I've, I've found that that works pretty well a lot of times let's stuff, talk but. about when they were feeding the homeless the other day <laughs> yeah, it, yeah you know the thing is is like the, you, there's pretty much always something good that you can say about somebody right you know, we were and just stuff. so and, good about saying yeah if you can stuff. just interrupt the negative with something positive and stuff and yeah. Mm-hmm. And and the thing is, is that, you know, that's the way Jesus wants us to be anyway, right? He wants to def- us to defend people that can't defend themselves or the right. weak and, if they're and things not like present, that. Then they can't defend themselves, right. so that's yeah. good. So, yeah, and 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 so again, uh, you know, in Luke eight verse eighteen, Jesus when he was talking about the parable of the sowers, he said, "Take care how you listen." Mm-hmm. So, and and I think the King James is. Um, what does King James say? Be, be, um, I don't know. Take heed how you listen and stuff. So the thing is, is again, it's not just what you listen to; it's how you listen sometimes, right? Because again, like one thing that we have to be careful of is, is like you said, sometimes maybe our 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 problem isn't so much gossiping about people, but sometimes it's listening about. Um, listening to gossip and stuff and someone's talk, talking to it and it, it's really difficult when like you you've got a friend that's a friend of yours talking about someone that's maybe not a friend you know what I'm saying or someone that maybe even be less than that and stuff like that you have to guard your heart Amen. right because that's the problem is we our attitudes right somebody says something to us and our attitudes immediately jump in defense or jump to attack. You know what I'm saying? And and a lot of times we don't have enough information to do either one and, and stuff. And so in our minds, we're like, oh, that dirty dog. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you know, it's like, is, is, did the person really do that? You know, or, or, or you're like, oh, no, this is the best person ever, you know, and stuff when, you know, that person might have done something pretty bad. You know, and so there needs to be, uh, you know, we need to, like, sometimes we just need to say, I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And, and what just, you were saying about the church a minute ago, I'm thinking about 
crazy ex who used to say all kinds of bad things about the church and they were all completely made up. Yeah. And, you know, if you don't realize that you're talking to yeah. somebody who's Ex- mentally yeah. insane, yeah. then you you may take that at face value. Right. Who knows what all he said about me and other people. You know? yeah. So now it's interesting with patients. They'll sit in there and tell me their husband did this or that or their wife did this or that. And I'm sitting there thinking, okay, which one is this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> did they really do that or are you crazy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. you, you don't always know. Yeah, you Because know. he can come across like just normal. Yeah, and just like we were talking about earlier, how people leave the church and they're like, well, the church burned me and they did all this stuff to me and stuff. Sometimes that's legitimate. Sometimes it's true. Other times it's like, well, they tried to correct me for something that I don't want to be corrected about, but they're not going to say that, you know, and right. stuff. And, right, and right, so, right. yeah, I mean, the th- and the thing is, is sometimes it's good to do a little healthy digging, you know? Yeah. It's like, oh, what, what did they say to you? And just like you said, talk to the other person. It's just like, I know Amy's talked about this before, but when we when we were pastoring a church, this uh, what was it? The lady us, came the and she's like her, her said, yeah her husband's husband, beating her. He, he, he tried to hit me. Yeah. And we're like, oh my god, how dare he! And they both went to our church, and yeah. so we were just ready to jump all over him and and rebuke him as his pastor. And when we called him to rebuke him, first of all, we didn't ask him his side of the story first, which we should have. We just kind of jumped on him. <laughs> and his side of the story was, well, what would you do if your wife was chasing you around the house with a knife? Yeah. So, um, you know, yeah. so, you know, get, get all the information. Yeah. So, 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 so it's yeah, it's like, good to do a little healthy digging sometimes and find, and just like, you know, it's just like the whole thing, get both sides of the story, uh-huh. you know, and, and that's the problem again. Sometimes we rush to judgment. And if it's a friend, we'll rush to defend them. Or, you know, if it's someone that's not a friend, we'll rush to attack them. And we might not even know the situation right. and stuff. Sometimes People it's a lack of... are the worst. Sometimes it's like, a... If your kid did something terrible, you need to rebuke them, not stand up for them. Yeah, that's yeah, true, too. So, like, it's also sometimes we're judging motive, too. Like, we don't... Maybe they really did do such and such, but we don't know what the motive was, yeah. right. like, behind that. You know, and so... Um, it's just so important to get more information. I mean, yeah. and that's the thing. Again, like say if it's in the case of sin, I mean, are they repentant? Is it is it something? Are they stubborn? Are they callous? Do they just not care? Is it something like, yeah, I did it, and man, I, I feel terrible, and I, I I want someone to pray with me and stuff. Or is it someone like, yeah, I did it, and you know, it's no big deal. God will forget me, you know, and stuff. And so, yeah, again, it's like. So it's, you know, knowing both sides of the story, it's also being, you know, discerning and not just, you know, taking face value. It's like seeing what the situation is and judging it rightly and stuff. But, so, and again, like, like when, um, when, when people tell you stuff, why are they telling you stuff? You know, and and that's the thing that we don't take into account either. A lot of times, it's like we we just we just listen to things with an open mind or an open heart or whatever, and we're not listening properly to to say why is this person telling me this? You know, they may have a personal grudge against somebody, or it's just a vendetta or something like that. You just never know and stuff. And and don't think that that doesn't happen in the church because it does. You know, and and the thing. And, and again, it may not be this totally vicious thing where they're trying to destroy someone or whatever, but, you know, 
people try to make other people look bad sometimes, right? For whatever reason and stuff. And, I mean, and our pastor used to call Dean on the phone almost every Sunday and gossip to Dean about the people in the church. You know, almost every week. Uh, did you see so and so? Did you see what he did? Did you see, you know, how what's her name was not paying attention during worship? Did you see? It was just this constant, like his own sheep. Yeah. He was just ripping up his sheep on the phone and just wanted to vent to Dean, you know, because he wanted someone to vent to. So since Dean was the worship leader, I guess he thought he'd call him up and just vent, you know. And it was just, he was just destroying his sheep, you know. And and the thing is, is it came, you know, come to find, you know, everything unwinds, you know. And the thing is, everything's going to be revealed at some point, right? You give a person enough rope, they're going to hang themselves and stuff. And it kind of, you know... The more we got to know this guy, the more we got to realize this man has some serious insecurities. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like a control issue. Yeah, like that too. Yeah. yeah, that too. Very much so. so like, and the thing is, is yeah. control is always based out of fear yeah. and insecurity and stuff. You know, I, I'm, I'm afraid and so I have to, <laughs> you know. And so, yeah, it was definitely a situation of, of control and insecurity and things like that. And, and um and yeah. that was, I remember. I remember that being really hard for you because, like, he, he's your pastor, and like, you know, you didn't want to like. You did, it was hard for you because you didn't want to necessarily rebuke him, but you didn't feel comfortable listening to him gossip every week about his sheep. So, I remember that was a real struggle for you yeah. um, to go through that. One, I'm not sure I passed very well all the time. Right. Turn to uh, Galatians chapter six. Verse 1. Because this is what the church is to be. And the thing is, is, is we pray about this stuff and we pray that God will make us these things, right? You know, every time like we teach and stuff, we're like, <laughs> you know, the finger's always pointing at us and we're like, God, you know, do a work within <coughs> us. And, you know, and the thing is, is I believe that the church is going to be changed on a grassroots level. I believe that the Holy Spirit moves like grassroots, right? He doesn't, I don't believe that the Holy Spirit moves through the pulpit so much as he does through individuals and stuff. And so if he can take us and change us and then the people that we affect, they can be changed and stuff, you know, um, you know, that's that's how it works, I think. And in Galatians 6, verse 1, it says, Brethren, even if anyone is caught in any trespass, so this is someone who had sinned, not just they did something bad or anything, they sinned. He says, You who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself so that you too will not be tempted. Look at this. Bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something, then he's, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But each one must examine his own work, and then he will have reason for boasting in regard to himself alone, and not in regard to another. For each one will bear his own load. The one who is taught, um, taught the word is to share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. And so again, we are to bear each other's burdens. We are to lift each other up. When when one is weak, we're to be strong, right? And um, it's so weird because it says uh, in the King James, it says, "Bear one another's burdens and fulfill the law of Christ." And then it says, "Every man <clears throat> shall bear his own burden." 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's a healthy, there's right. a healthy balance. Yeah. You know? And I think, I think the thing is, is, is there is that dichotomy. And I think the thing is, is that, yeah, uh, you know, it's God is the originator of tough love. God is the originator of get off your butt, stop making excuses, stop complaining. We almost talked about self-pity today, which hopefully we'll talk about that later because that's what self-pity does. It sits in a corner and says, I can't do it. I need someone to do it for me and stuff. And, and you know, we all fall into that and stuff. But, but you know, God is the originator of stop whining, dust yourself off, get up, and I'm going to help you. And that's the way that, you know, I think that we're to be in the church. We're not to enable each other. We're not to do it for each other. We're not to, um, you know, to, to, you know, whatever. We're, but we are to be there to help lift one another up. And that's the thing. We can't live each other's lives. We can't, you know, we, we can't do it for each other. You cannot be Jesus for somebody else. You can't. We are nobody's Jesus. Right. I we are not God to somebody else. Only God is God to that person. But that person has to tap into it for himself. Now we can help them. We can lead them. We can show them the way. But you can you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. You can lead a believer to the source, but you can't plug them in. They got to plug that. They got to put that plug in themselves. Can I read that? Can I read that again? Just from what it's speaking to me right now, from the perspective. Let's read it again from the perspective of, say, gossip, for example. Um, Brethren, if a man is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. Each one looking to yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and thus fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one examine his own work, and then he'll have reason for boasting in regard to himself alone, and then not in regard to another. I feel like in a lot of ways that's a warning that when we want to restore someone, when we see sin in someone's life, that we do it in a spirit of humility, that we do it, we're there really for that person, and we're not there to condemn them, we're not there to beat them on the head, we're there to lift them up. And we're there to be careful that we don't rise up in pride and think we're something when we're nothing. And that we're not also examining our own heart, like when Jesus said, take the log out of your own eye first. So I think it's really interesting if you look at it from that perspective that he's basically trying to warn them, like, be careful. Because when you start rebuking people, you can make yourself, you can be arrogant about it, you can be proud about it, and you cannot be looking at yourself not be looking at your own heart and you too can fall into sin of of judging your brother instead of lifting him up out of his situation. And that's where the pride comes in when you're looking down on them and thinking that, wow, I would never do that, you know, or, you know, I'm too holy for that kind of thing and stuff. And that's when you fall into it too. Right. In Ephesians 4.29, it says, let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment so that it will give grace to those who hear. Right? So the words that we're say are not just words of of tearing each other down or or anything like that, but they're words of edification. Um, Turn to 1 Corinthians 14. First Corinthians 14. 
Bears. Verse 23. It says, Therefore, now we know that 1 Corinthians 14 is talking about disorder in the church and, and people fighting and bickering and doing all kinds of crazy things. We just saw in Ephesians that everything we speak to one another should be for edification of each other, right? Um, in verse 23, it says, Therefore, if the whole church assembles together and all speak in tongues and ungifted men or unbelievers enter, will they not say that you're mad? But if all prophesy and an unbeliever or an ungifted man enters, he's convicted by all and he's called to account by all. The secrets of his heart are disclosed so that he will fall on his face and worship God, declaring that God is certainly among you. What is the outcome then when you assemble each one as a psalm, has a teaching, has a revelation, has a tongue, has an interpretation? Look at this. Let all things be done for edification. Now, I know he's talking about in the context of the church or whatever, but Jesus said where two or more are gathered in my name, that's the church, right? So anytime <coughs> we come together... It, we, we again, we should be seeking to edify one another. Now, that's not to mean that we can't joke around or have fun or anything like that. But again, it's that our words should be to build each other up and not to tear each other down. Our words should be to build our brothers and sisters up, not to tear them down. Our words should not be to make them look bad by making myself look good, but to build up them and by extension, the body of Christ. It's just like we talked about last week in Psalm 133. Behold how good and pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. So when we can come together in unity, it's pleasant. And God pours out his anointing in that place. And he is pleased with it and stuff. And there's so much strife and so much division and so much backbiting and gossip and and, and tearing each other down with our words and stuff in the body of Christ. Even again, like among denominations and other churches and, you know, this church is doing this and that church is doing that. And again, if, if somebody's doing something crazy and off the wall, then sure, they should be called on it. But you know what I'm saying? But just because they're, say, like Methodist doesn't mean that I can't go to a Methodist church and get something out of it. Because they're, you know... Presbyterians, it doesn't mean I can't go hang out with a Presbyterian brother and get something out of that, right? As believers, we should be able to get together with any other believer who's a true believer and a true follower of Jesus and have some kind of fellowship. Yes. Doesn't matter whether they speak in tongues, whether they don't speak in tongues, whether you know they 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 read their their prayers out of a book or they don't, it doesn't matter. What matters is their heart, right? Um, turn to 1 Corinthians 13. Verse 1. He says, If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but not have love, I have become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And again, what's inside comes out when we're speaking. Right? And again, when we're speaking trash about other people or we're, we're talking bad about somebody or we're like putting someone down with our words, it just means that I've got a heart issue that I need to deal with. It says, if I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but do not have love, I'm nothing. If I give all my possessions to feed the poor and if I surrender my body to be burned, but do not have love, it profits me nothing. 
I read these scriptures and I'm like, how is this even possible? And, and the thing is, is I think that it's possible to have a religious spirit to do religious things, just like the Pharisees traveled over land and sea to make converts, but they, their hearts weren't right. And so we can do religious things and your heart be far away from God. And so I read these and it's like, whoa, this like, you know, it is. And it causes you to look at yourself and say, okay, we can't be playing games here. We can't be, you know, trying to put on the religious face. We can't put on the Christian mask and pretend everything's okay because God, God judges the heart. And he judges the motives. It says, love is patient, love is kind, and is not jealous. It does not brag, and is not arrogant. It does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own. It's not provo provoked. It does not take into account a wrong suffered. It does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. Look at this in seven. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Now, again, this doesn't mean in the face of, of, you know, when you know something's wrong, you're not, you don't have this false belief that it's, you know, you don't live in a fantasy world where you pretend that things aren't, that aren't, that they are and stuff. But when, when, again, when there's a brother that's truly doing what they can to follow the Lord, the Lord, you believe in them and you do whatever you can to assist them. All right. Um, one more place in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. It says, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things doesn't say dwell on brother so-and-so's faults or, you know, <laughs> sister so-and-so, her issues and things like that. It says if there's something good, if there's something true, if there's something honorable, right, pure, if there's something lovely or if it's good repute, dwell on these things, right? Believe the best about each other. And that's what we as a church are lacking. We are so quick to point out each other's faults. We are so quick to point out you know, our wrongs and stuff like that instead of believing the best about each other. It's also the secret to a good marriage. And I know yes. that I, I struggle in that area too. Just I find my husband sometimes too much. And well, I'm sorry. We all do. But just like we, we just have this sinful nature that just is very fault-finding with... There's a scripture, a, a different interpretation. I don't know if it's NIV or whatever, but it says love is not fault-finding but um that that applies to marriage it applies to the church it applies to so many areas where we have this tendency just to like find everything that's wrong with the other person um there have been times that's been really helpful where we, we've given marriage counsel and we've just told the couple to go away and write down 10 things someone did it for us actually and that we started doing it for other couples is like go write down 10 things that you like about that person, that, that's good about that person, because the, the natural thing is we always see all the bad, and um, and it was really healing for their marriage, and it's been healing for our marriage to do those kind of things where it was like, okay, what do I like about this person? What is this person doing right? What did this, what did this person do good today? What did this person 
how did they bless me today instead of always seeing um, the negative in the yeah. other person. And the thing is, is I'm thinking specifically about people who rub you wrong. Which is, you know, doesn't mean that you have to be best friends with them or hang out with them all the time. But you can you can not think the worst about them, too. You know what I'm saying? Um, I mean, we all have different personalities. Some of our personalities are weirder than other people's, you know, and stuff. And, you know, <laughs> um, you know, sometimes we're hard to be around and stuff. And that's okay, you know. But, but my thing is, is that, like, if there's someone... You know, that's not necessarily your type or whatever. You don't have to think the worst about them, right? You don't have to just automatically because, and that's what we do, right? They're not like me, so they're weird and stuff. Right. Or they, you know, right? right? And stuff, instead of seeing that, well, you know, that person has good qualities too. And I don't have to be their best friend. And I don't have to hang out with them all the time and stuff. But they also have good qualities. And that's the thing. If we as the body of Christ could look at each other like that, it'd be a totally different thing because we, we would be we would at least be giving each other some space and some leeway in, in things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the enemy's the accuser of the brethren too, and I think that's yeah. when he comes in and just start just kind of playing the record of they're probably thinking this and they're probably like this. And you know what I mean? Just yeah. kind of making those accusations and it's like which is very, which is really good idea because I mean that just shows where that that mindset comes uh-huh. from. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and just like our yeah, too. exactly, and stuff. And so <clears throat> Satan whispers that in our ear, and we start thinking that, and we believe it. You know, uh-huh. instead of, instead of believing Instance. the best, whatever is true, whatever is noble, on uh-huh. these things dwell and stuff. And you know. the crazy thing is that the enemy works so hard at that. I know y'all have all experienced this where. We've had this happen so many times as Christians where you go to church and the enemy whispers in your ear and says, that person's been looking at you weird all all, day, all morning, <laughs> that they obviously don't like you. Uh-huh. You know, they obviously have an issue with you. And so then you don't realize it, but then you treat them a little bit different next Sunday because of the way you think they were looking at you and the way you think they were judging you or whatever. And then you find out a month later that their dog had died and they were just in a bad mood, you know? And it's like, sometimes we, because of our insecurities, we presume on people's looks, the way they're looking at us, the way yeah. maybe with the tone of their voice, did you hear how they said that to me? You know, and like, um, and sometimes we, we're just making up all kinds of stuff in our own heads. And then we turn around and we deliver what we think is negativity back. And then it just becomes this crazy thing. And it's just because... Satan is the master divider. I think it's yeah. one of his absolute greatest weapons against the church is to divide us, you know? And it's like yeah. he divides marriages, he divides friendships, he divides an entire body of people, and um, he loves to bring offense, and he will use us, and he'll use misunderstandings, and he'll use anything he can to make us not bear one an- with one another yeah. and love one another, and it's just sad. I like what you said too, Cindy, like he plays on, like a lot of what we're hearing from other people is like actually things we're already insecure about, and so mm-hmm. he's just like giving a megaphone out and making that seem louder yeah. than it actually, than what's really going on, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, like I find I assume the worst, and I don't even realize it until I'm like, 
Oh, that was mm. my insecurity, right? And then, yeah, and then mm. I was just using that person to mm. put the loudspeaker on my own insecurity, you know? And mm. so. When I say I have somebody that's really hard to deal with, I like to think, okay, Jesus died for something about this person. Mm. <laughs> he, he loves something about them. What, what is it in this person that was worth dying for that Jesus created them for and loves them for because it's in there somewhere no matter how ugly, no matter how smelly no matter how angry or whatever there's that something that makes them special and unique that Christ wants them one over for mm. mm -hmm. and we're just not seeing it because of something mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. And sometimes <coughs> that yeah <coughs> and sometimes I also think like I mean, I, I mean, I look at my own life and I'm like, there is no reason Jesus should have died for me, you know, like I didn't have anything good in me, and but he did it, you know, just because Jesus is so amazing, you mm -hmm. know, and I love Jesus, I'm like, I don't know, it just, it makes it so, I'm like, if he loved me, you know, I can love others, you know, because... I didn't deserve for him to die for me at all. And so it makes it so I can have grace for other people, you know. So 